Now you got me all excited. Well, hopped up on Fast and Furious. Okay, here we go. Tuna, no crust. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast with your host, Kurt and Dylan. And we're back on race week, finally. Finally. It's the Azerbaijan GP week. We're just a couple days away from seeing cars on the streets of Baku. And it's normally... well. Yeah, it's normally a pretty exciting race. That's the one. Oh, that's the one two years ago where Lewis, Lewis locked it up into turn oh, one. Oh, yes. Yes. I think there's awesome, been a red right? flag every year at Baku as well. Um, but first, today, we wanted to hop on and talk to you guys about some comments that have been made by Red Bull. They're snitching already, pointing fingers left and right, saying that there's at least six teams that have potentially breached last year's cost cap. And I think it's funny because last time Red Bull was saying this, turns out they were one of the teams. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like they're they're prepping the environment. They're like, hey, look at all these guys that are doing bad. Everyone oh, by go the way, look we're over also there. one. Yeah. yeah, right. So I I think that is pretty interesting. So we're gonna dive in. Um, it kind of got us thinking, like, what is the cost cap? Like on the surface, we know what it is. It's the amount of money you have to pay, but what's included in it? What's excluded from it? Um, so we're gonna dive into that. And a few other things. But I did want to ask you, Dylan. So you went to the Taylor Swift concert the I other did. day. Friday. In Houston, in right? In Houston, yeah. All right. I want to know if you can confirm the rumors that Taylor Swift is dating Fernando Alonso. I have not. I, God, I don't follow all the behind. Apparently, she just broke up with a boyfriend that she had for six years. I didn't even know she was dating somebody. My wife's been talking all about it. Apparently, Ryan Reynolds unfollowed the dude, so it clearly wasn't an amical breakup. And I don't, good God, I don't know. Um, so he wasn't there. Fernando Alonso was Fernando not there. Fernando Alonso heard? was not there. I haven't heard that rumor, but that would be hilarious. Because isn't Taylor Swift like six foot tall and Fernando's all of like 5'2"? Like, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Her in heels standing next to him would be hilarious. She'd be towering over him. But yeah, so it just goes to show you how slow this break has been for Formula One news. There's a, a couple Spanish um, websites that have been reporting that they're Alonso dating each other. And Taylor yeah, Swift. Apparently, he just also went through a breakup. Ah. Taylor went through a breakup around the same time. So I'm, I'm almost 100% sure they're completely false. Yeah. But. It's fun to think about. It, that's that's an entertaining <laughs> one. Hell of a show, though. Holy crap! Um, she sang for three hours straight. Like, jeez, three hours of insane production. Lights. I've never seen a production put on like that. It was insane. That's awesome. It was insane. And she she sold out all of Reliant Stadium. There's, I had to look it up. Reliant Stadium holds seventy two thousand people. Three days jeez. sold the whole thing out. That's wild. Yeah. I bet it was good, though. That'd be pretty cool to see. It was a cool... My wife, quote-unquote, surprised me with it. She she told me I had to block off all day Friday. She coordinated everything, and then she was my GPS driving from Austin to Houston, which we only missed about three exits. (laughs) Which I told her... tell me where we're going, woman. (laughs) I'm in the left lane doing 80, and I'm like, where's my exit? She's like, I'll tell you. I was like, I swear, if you point and say it's that one, (laughs) I'm going to... So what happened? Uh, yeah. It's that one. Um, I watched the opposite. She'll be like, you need to get over. We're getting off. I was like, when are we getting off? Like five miles from now. It's like, come on. I can pass these people. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so we get there. We check into the hotel and I'm like, why are we in Houston? Like there's no, I, I don't really care. I don't like Houston that much. I'm like, why the hell are we in Houston? And uh, so 
I drop her off. She checks in. I have to like circle the block to get the truck parked, get inside, carrying all the stuff. I get in the elevator and this guy goes, you here for the concert? And I was like, what concert? <laughs> He's like, Taylor Swift. Oh, um, yes, I think I am. And he was like, you think, <laughs> I, think I am? <laughs> and he was like, I was like, yeah, my wife hasn't told me why I'm here, but that, that would make sense for why I'm here. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's a good surprise. It was, it was a hell of a show. It was a great time. Oh, good. Well, all right, let's move on. Let's start this. Cause this is pretty cool. I want to get into, unfortunately there's, I was reading through the regulations and I seriously almost fell asleep last night looking through these technical regulations bore me like beyond all else. So we're going to, I made some highlights. We'll get through these. Um, but first what started this is I want to read over a statement that was put out by Red Bull. Um, like we lived by to helmet Marco, saying, wasn't it? well, it was by Horner and helmet Marco. So they're both like, look over there. So we've got uh Christian Horner claiming that as many as six teams will break the cap. And he cited energy price inflation as a factor. And he was quoted as saying, I think what we have set is a precedent and it sets a precedent for 2022. And a danger for 2022 is that there could be six teams. There could be six teams that breach the cap. Energy prices have been exponential, but thankfully we've been protected. And then he goes on to say, but there is a chance (laughs) that several teams many of which have stated it during the F1 commission meetings, will break the cap this year. Um, and then Helmut Marco came out and he said basically the same thing. I think the current status is that six teams are over it, which is interesting to me. Like, they're already saying, like, six teams. Like, they're, they're, that's a hard yeah, number. They how didn't do they say know a few. six teams? Yeah. Like. He, he didn't say a few. Um, and inflation is something that was not calculable to that extent, especially when it comes to energy costs. But yeah, it's funny. It's like what I'm thinking is like five other team principals are like, "Yeah, we might break it," and he's like, "Oh yeah, us too." Yeah, yeah us too. All right, if okay. we all break it together, guys, they can't punish right. all of us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which to me, and I, I think what happened was last year, you know, Red Bull broke it and they got a seven million dollar fine. But so, and, and I wanted to get into that a little bit real quick. They broke it by two point two million, and they mm-hmm. got a seven million dollar fine. And 10% reduction of wind tunnel time. It's a pretty hefty, you know, a lot of people have been coming out and saying like Fred Vasseur was like, oh, that punishment wasn't all that bad. You, the amount you broke it by, you paid three times over back and lost development time. Like, right. It's a, it's a pretty yeah, I, I, fine. Like I could see that. I think a lot of people are just looking at it as a whole picture, right? Yeah. If you have a hundred and you know thirty-five million or whatever, and you get fined seven million, but yet you're winning the constructors' championship, you're winning the drivers' championship, you've got so much of an advantage. How much of that two point? I don't know. the The way that you look at it, or that people are looking at it, is like it's it's a small piece of the pie. But when you put it that way, it kind of makes sense. Um, it's. And I think that when we get into like what is included and excluded from the cost cap will be, you know, kind of shed some other light on what this looks like. So why don't, before we get into like what happened to Red Bull and all the other stuff, let's talk through the cost cap, what's in it, when, what's out of it. And then let's get into Red Bull after that and, uh, and all the other teams and, and that good stuff. Cause I think there's some interesting, uh, points to that. All right, so 
And a lot of this is going to come directly from the FIA's regulations. So it's right here in black and white. You can find it online. Um, so the cost cap itself, right? So what is the cost cap? So the cost cap itself basically states that for this season, so it's changed the past couple of years to kind of give teams, um, you know, so they're uh, make an easier transition going yeah. from no cap where you have a team that could spend 400 plus million, you know, to give them an easier transition. So it's been getting a little stricter each year. Um, so for this year, though, the the regulations state that in the event that 21 competitions take place, the cost cap is 135 million. And then so from that 21, if it's less than 21 or more than 21, you're going to subtract or add 1.2 million per race. So obviously this year we have uh, 23 races. Yep. So they're going to take that uh, 1.2 million or I'm sorry, 2.4 million and add to the to cost cap of 135 million. So it's gone up just a little bit because of that. Um, but what's important here is to look at what actually is included in the cost cap. So to keep it, you know, kind of short, what's included under the cost cap are all parts on the car. So that's everything that's connected to the car, all the elements that are needed to run the car, most of the team personnel, and we'll get into that yep. in a second, all your garage equipment, all your spares, most transportation costs. So all the transportation costs to do with the car to the races now, that's also important because if it's not an actual race and it's like an exhibition event, it doesn't count. Um, and then, you know, all the there's a lot of the small ancillary things in between. Um, so what's excluded? Marketing. Okay. All marketing. <laughs> right. So what's excluded is... The driver salaries. Yeah. Um, also, not just your F1 drivers, but what's considered in the rules is it's called an other driver. Mm -hmm. So for this one, I'm thinking, you know, Danny Ricardo, yeah. um, your reserve drivers, things like that. Those are not included. Um, all of the driver travel costs for your drivers and your other driver is not included. All the lodging costs for that driver, those drivers are not included. Um, all marketing costs are not included. Yep. Property and legal costs. So this is a question we had before when we did the Aston Martin one. Yep. So your facility, they're building that brand new manufacturing facility or their brand new headquarters. That's not included. Um, entry license fees, any non-F1 or road car activities. Think of McLaren and everything else they mm -hmm. do. Um, and then sick leave payments, maternity leave, stuff like that. Also, um, three of your highest paid individuals at the team. So like Correct. if you're prin principal team boss and you know technical director all have the three highest aggregate salaries that's not included yep um and the employee bonuses is really interesting because i was like yeah. reading about that and you know you can basically pay a much lower salary to your employees incentivized with bonuses and that doesn't go to the cost cap mm -hmm. and we'll get into once we get through the um the the regulations here some statements that were put out uh, by some other team principals about loopholes. And that's one of the loopholes there. Yeah. Um, so it's not a watertight document. It's, no. you know, there's, that's the job of these F1 teams, right? Is to find gray areas and loopholes and exploit that. And there's a lot of that going on. Also development, the cost, this is kind of a funky one. And I wrote it down because of it, the develop, the use of a power unit to develop your fuel. Yes. Is not. So if included. you're developing an alternative fuel, or something like that, it's not included, yep. right? So there's, it's one of those things, it's going to be tough. Like, how do you have 
how, how much do you allocate? Like, how do you allocate percentages of, well, this amount of cost went to developing this? Yeah. And then how do you come in and check that behind, after the fact? Well, and that's what's kind of, I, I totally agree. Cause the Red Bull breach is only two point, I say only is 2.2 million in 2021 where the cost cap was 145 million, right? Like that's, it's like one and a half percent of the total. I mean, that's an allocation of overhead. Right. difference right so it, it's really interesting to me how they got to that number and i remember when it was happening and they were talking about it everyone was you know one of the rumors was that oh it was you know food costs and catering and you know all of that good stuff and it's like that's after reading into what is included and excluded in the cost cap like it, it's very interesting there's a lot of gray area in there and a lot of loopholes to be found and it's interesting to me that red bull got caught breaching it by you know, if it's twenty million, that would make sense to me. But two million dollars out of one hundred and forty-five million. <laughs> All right, so let's go into the types of breaches, right? Yep. So what you were just talking about was, you know, a small percentage. Um, so basically, you have a couple different types of breaches. You have what's called a procedural breach, which is when uh, a team breaks some sort of procedural process right and that's mainly to do with submitting your your paperwork and all so if you submit your paperwork late that's a procedural breach um if you let's see you don't cooperate that's a procedural brief or breach um you don't comply with terms of one of the penalties so that one is not as big as some of the other ones and normally that one just comes with a financial penalty so you'll get some sort of fine um, what you're talking about with Red Bull, though, is what's called a minor overspend breach. Mm-hmm. And so a minor overspend, overspend breach basically is exceeding the cost cap by less than 5%. So it's, you know, when it comes to like minor or a, a more major breach, less than 5% is seen as, you know, a whoopsie. Yeah, maybe it happens. It happens. <laughs> so Red Bull last year, they made a whoopsie. Um, so what happens then is... You're going to get, uh, you have your adjudication panel, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like when you go to think about going to a trial, maybe. And then the other um, way that you can get fined is through your accepted breach agreement, which is uh, ABBA, ABA, which is almost like a team um, taking a plea deal, almost like you admit guilt and then you accept whatever penalties come after that. Which is what Red Bull did. Yep. Um, so from your minor breach, you also have the next level is called a material overspend breach, which overspend breach, which is breaking the cost cap by 5% or more. So this one's kind of more egregious. Yeah. Um, and so on that, you're potential, you're potentially looking at a constructors championship points being deducted or, and, or a penalty, uh, material, I'm sorry, a financial penalty. Or other sporting penalties can also be, you know, given. So examples of um oh so with these breaches, when you go to your trial or your adjudication panel, you have factors that are either aggravating or mitigating. Um so if you have aggravating factors and on here it talks about, you know, blatantly lying or yeah. trying to hide things, that's an aggravating factor. So you'll have a, a more harsh penalty. Um, multiple breaches. So if you do this multiple times, like we might be looking at this year, if Red Bull is one of those teams, that's going to be an aggravating uh, factor. And then you got mitigating factors where if you're basically, if you're full, full cooperation, you're like, Hey, you know, here's everything that's, you know, mitigating factor. If you voluntarily like raise your hand, which it almost looks maybe Red Bull is getting ready for that too. And you're like, Hey, we got a problem. 
Yeah. That's also going to look more favorable on you. Or this one was interesting. The unforeseen force majeure, which is just the French word for an act of God. <laughs> so something that's completely out of your hands. They're, they're inflation. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, leading through these, it's funny because it's almost like Red Bull is kind of like prepping the environment and kind of to soften the blow. It's like, Hey guys, there's a problem and you know, all these mitigating factors. But the interesting part is this will be their second time if yeah. it's true. And if they have breached. Well, and I wonder like, there's so much that goes into that. And like, it's interesting to me. So the cost cap this year is 137.4 million. If all 23 races go through, like what happens if the last race gets canceled and you've spent 137.4 million, but now up oh, the cost cap just moved it's only 136.2 million now. So there's like, a provision for that. Oh, there is. So so if the race is canceled less than 30 days mm. uh, before the race, then there's no harm, no foul. It's already oh, cool. in there because they're assuming that you've already spent that money. If you're over 30 days out, then you have to recalculate or readjust. But so the other thing I wanted to get at, I thought it was really interesting. A lot of these, you know, the fact that the drivers aren't part of the cost cap, marketing, the three highest paid individuals, your finance and legal teams, like sure, the cost cap this year is one thirty-seven point four million. But like, let's look at Red Bull. I mean, they're paying Max thirty-five million salary. They're paying Checo ten million. They're paying Not Danny the bonuses ten yeah. million bonuses. I mean, they're just from yeah. I wonder how much Christian Horner is getting paid. It's probably well into the seven, if not eight figures. Like, yep. you know, you're already at. $250 million of needed right. capital. This is an, in addition, like this is, this is your sponsors and all the money you're spending. Sure. It says that the team only spends 137 million, but no, they're actually spending like 250 million, you know, and if you're developing an engine as well, like you're still spending Mercedes probably still spends $300 million every year. And Haas right. is spending like not even the budget cap. <laughs> What's the budget cap? They're they're pulling uh, they're pulling the car out of the back of a UPS truck, like. <laughs> um, but I, I thought that was the driver cost was the most interesting thing to me, and it makes sense that it's not included. I mean, like I just said, with Danny and Dan, yeah, Danny Checo and Max. I mean, that's a third of the budget, mm -hmm. right there, and so you know that that definitely would play a huge factor. But I think that still plays a huge factor for these underfunded teams. Yep. And so that kind of goes into what Otmar was talking about. And so he had released a statement recently, basically saying, talking about the loopholes in the, mm -hmm. in the budget cap and saying that what a, a lot of teams are starting to do. And Otmar was kind of like, Hey, we need to get a hold of this before it becomes widespread. But a lot of teams are starting to move people. Um, like Mercedes had somebody that they moved from their technical, uh, technical director role or something like that. Mm -hmm. And or no, uh, Aston Martin did this and they moved them to, um, I forget the name of the, the title, but it was in charge of all of Aston Martin. So he was no longer in an F1 role, but they're saying, Otmar saying that teams can just reallocate these people into a non F1 role. Yeah. And then there's no way to track if they're still doing their F1 job, you know? So it's like just moving people around and taking them out of the budget cap, but they're still there. They're still doing the same thing. And he was just basically saying that we need to get a hold of this before it becomes more widespread. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of to be expected in the first couple of years of doing this. Um, I do think the cost cap adds an extra layer to the sport. Um, 
Like, let's look at Mercedes. Like, you, you can move people around all you want. You can spend $300 million all you want, but you can't overdevelop a car that's already not performing. They can't just throw a whole new car together. Like, the cost cap is actively limiting them from doing that. Yeah. Oh, can and you so, imagine if this was, you know, 2019? Mercedes oh, yeah. would have had a complete new different car, just dumping buckets of money at it, and they'd be back at the front again. Yeah, in, in an instant. Um, and so there's, like, I think that there's, you know, oh, they're moving the, the person all around. Like, you can make the argument that it's not fair that Aston Martin's building a brand new facility. Like, if you're a well-funded team, it's kind of, like, I think all of that other stuff is just, extra like a well-funded team is going to outperform a non-well-funded team whether the cost cap is there or not i think it keeps the car development down and i think that that needs to be like what is more focused on for all these principals arguing and complaining and crying and it's like okay guys like the whole point of this is to keep the cars more on a level playing field yeah and i'm a huge fan of it i mean look at um what happened in australia like or pretty much any race this week or this year qualifying the spread between the number one car and the the bottom car is minuscule especially compared yeah. to a couple years ago one second when, yeah exactly so i mean the cost cap is doing its job and yeah there's going to be some errors and some flaws in it especially you know anytime you come out with a new implementation like this but it'll get there it'll get it'll yeah. become better every year but I, i'm a fan of it man i'm really enjoying i, I think that is it's it's done what it's meant to do yeah it's brought the field together and it's made the sport so much more interesting yeah, it, it totally has. And it's funny to me, you get principles like Fred Vasseur's comments that, oh, Red Bull got a, you know, not a, the, the, the punishment wasn't big enough for Red Bull. And that 2.2 million they spent uh, went to development, which is why they're so much better. And it's like, uh, kind of, but not, not really. And like, you know, 2.2 million and then you got fined 7 million. Like, yeah. Because they were saying, you know, if the fi- if the punishments aren't bad enough, then teams can factor in spending more than the cost cap and just factor mm-hmm. into you got to pay a fine with it. Um, but I don't think that's the case. Like that's a pretty heavy slap on the wrist. Not to mention limiting of development wind tunnel time. I, I think Fred's kind of wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it would be. I'm I'm pretty interested to see next year's and and this year's as well, right? Yeah. To see like is Aston Martin cooking the book somewhere? Or was this like a legitimate gain in pace? Or, you know, like Fred was saying, maybe they just like assumed like, hey, we'll take a seven million dollar penalty and a reduction in time. If we can outspin or out, you know, pace that ten yeah. percent reduction in time, maybe it'll be worth it. Um, I don't know, because I do see it from both sides. A lot of people think that the FIA should have set a tougher precedent last year um, to make it where teams aren't even considering that as an option, right? Make it so penalizing that you're not even going to consider it. And if you do breach it, you're going to be looking at reduction in points or, you know, something like that. But I could see it from both sides, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think it, I think that the numbers are so big in formula one that it kind of gets lost how heavy of a fine $7 million is like, yeah, I know these teams spend a lot of money, but $7 million isn't a small amount of money. Like, but people are like, Oh, that's tiny in comparison. It's, it's still a ton of money that you're getting fined over there and, you know, spending more. I just, 
if you find him $20 million, would it have made any difference? Like they're so well funded. Like I think the, yeah. I think the precedence that Red Bull sent was they complied completely. Like I remember the FIA even said that, like as soon as they were like, Hey, you guys breached Red Bull gave them everything was a hundred percent compliant, signed that document saying we're guilty plea deal, like first year. Um, and I think they got a pretty good punishment for what they did. And, you know, moving on, I definitely think if they, you know, breach it again, you're probably going to get a heavier, yeah. <laughs> you know, hand, but it, it's, I think it's a lot of finger pointing right now at the top team. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's going to happen. You, you got yeah. a big target on your back, but like you said, they complied, they did everything that, you know, in here says is a mitigating factor. Yep. So, I mean, you know, they, they disclosed everything. They didn't fight it, you know, so I mean, maybe that's why it was so light in comparison, yeah. but also, you know, $7 million, like you said, to a well-funded team like Red Bull, it's, it's still a lot of money, but it's, you know, nothing compared to $7 million for like Haas. If they got hit with a $7 Agreed. million fine, it'd be a, a but much what number story. would it have had to have been to be that penalizing to Red Bull yeah. make $50 million. That would be kind of ridiculous. Right. And then it's kind of like speeding tickets, right? If you have a millionaire that gets pulled over for a $200 ticket, you know, and then somebody who's living check to check or week to week gets pulled yeah. over for $200 ticket. They're not going to adjust the ticket because this guy makes more money. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I could see it out of fairness. Yeah. You got to have it, you know, straight across the board. Yeah. But it definitely, I like the cost cap and it was interesting going through all these, what's in, you know, marketing, you know, everyone always talks about Red Bull's marketing, like yeah. that that's not included in it. And, uh, you know, you have Danny ripping around in the RB seven through Australia. Like none of that's included in the cost cap and you know, the driver salaries. And I wonder if Danny's contract payout by McLaren is included because he's no longer a driver for McLaren. Is he considered an other driver? And then if he's not, or if he is, then who got bumped out of that spot? So I wonder where that comes in. Cause that's $18 million. Yeah. So I wonder where I that falls in the con in the cost cap. I bet it's outside of it, but you still have to have the sponsors to ha you know, McLaren still has to have $18 million to pay them. Even if it's not affecting the cost cap limit, like it is affecting the pocketbook. Yep. Now that I say it, I do remember, and I'm trying to find it right now. Um, there is actually a part in the cost cap paperwork or in the financial paperwork that goes towards, here we go. All employee termination benefits incurred in the full year reporting is excluded. So I would okay. maybe I would consider that a termination benefit, right? Yeah, but he's also a driver that's excluded anyway, so I don't think that it's included in the yeah. cost cap. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it is. And then you were saying, and we'll try and figure it out that there was a uh, asterisk next to the sprint races for development or car damage. Yes, there was. So basically, it said that. Uh, if a car was damaged during a sprint race, that the um, team could make a downward adjustment by two hundred thousand um, dollars for, I guess, to compensate for that damage. Yeah. And so that, to me, I, like you're saying, that basically helps them adjust for that money and be like, hey, we're not going to pull this out of your cost cap. Yeah, I think so. Um, and two hundred thousand is probably a good bit, unless you're Mick Schumacher and like to do you know a couple million in damage to the car. But uh, yeah, to me that reads that hey, if you break the car during a sprint race, like you get two hundred thousand free to fix it. 
Yeah, it also says, so the way it's worded is it says, if an F1 team's car suffers accident damage, that, to the satisfaction of the cost cap administration, occurred during a sprint qualifying session and resulted in either retirement of the car from the qualifying session or entry into the pit lane of that car, then the team must make a downward adjustment of $200,000. Yeah. Two hundred oh, thousand if both of their cars go. One hundred thousand if one car goes. Ah, uh, hundred k per car. Hmm. Uh, that's got to be because the whole sprint race thing is still like in test phase. Like, yeah. Hey, we're still figuring out if we actually want to implement this. So sorry, you broke your car. Um, did you ever hear anything more about this weekend on the qualifying uh, setup for the sprint race? On if it's going to change or not? Yeah. I don't know. Hold on, let me we'll bring it, it to you on Thursday. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not sure. It would be interesting to see if it does, though. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm so excited it's race week. Finally get to see some cars. And, of course, race week comes when I'm going to be out of town. So I'm going to be watching the race Sunday night again. God, don't do that to me. I'm not allowed to, like, text you during the race then? No, I will be on a social media blackout like I always have to do. It's the, it's the most aggravating thing because I can't, like, pick my inclination. I want to pick up my phone, and every time I do, it goes straight to the Formula America, you know, Instagram or TikTok. And, of course, all the news is there. So I have to, like, keep my phone in my pocket and not look at it. The worst is when I had to do it for two days straight. That yeah. was the absolute worst. I bet that was rough. Did you not look at all during that? No. And I've had times where I, I'll do something like uh, I was somewhere. We went out to eat dinner one time and I couldn't. And it was on a, it was like a sports bar and ESPN had something scrolling at the bottom. And I saw Max Verstappen had won. I was so pissed off. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, I understand he's probably going to win anyways. But now, like, you know, what if somebody crashes him in turn one or something? You know, it just takes all that out of the window. I uh, was turning on a race like in and the race was ongoing. It was live, but I hadn't started it yet. Yep. And my Apple TV messed up um, and started live. And I saw Max's name at the top of the leaderboard and I was hitting, I was, I was backing out, backing out, backing out. Yep. And I went and got my wife and I was like, I need you to start the race and start it from the <laughs> beginning. I'm going in the other room. So I like, don't let this mess up. We need to let Apple know because that's happened to me multiple times. Why does it do that? It tells you like, do you want to jump to live or do you want to restart? And I hit start and it goes live restart. I'm like, yeah. I just saw. I the just baseline saw. should be start from beginning. If, there, Last, if you have the two options, the baseline, the default should be from the beginning. Yes. On live sporting uh, events, like, get it together. Where's Tim Cook at? Yeah. Put that in the cost cap. Exclude Tim, it. Development of t <laughs> F1 TV. Come on. Tim Cook clearly doesn't care about F1 if you saw the way he was waving that flag at Coda last year. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wimpiest. <laughs> A strong gust of wind would have ripped that thing right out of his hands. Yeah. His soft, um, uncalloused hands. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, super interesting about the cost cap. I'm all for it. It'll be interesting to see all this finger pointing if, if and how many breaches there are and if Red Bull is another one. Yep. So we'll, uh, I, I don't recall when the cost cap decisions have to come in. I know they submit everything in April, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so last year, I think it was what, October when we've started finally seeing something. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot for them to comb through. And especially if there's investigations, especially if they have to investigate six different teams this year. Yeah. 
Um, so we might be, you know, the pushing. accounting and finance of 147 million, 137 million dollars. Like, I do not envy those people. <laughs> no, it's going to take a little while. Yeah. So we're probably going to be pushing close to Christmas or the end of the year, at least before we see anything. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of it. Like Dylan said, we'll be back later this week with a prediction pod. Um, but we could probably just call this an incorrect prediction pod at this point since we rarely get anything right. But we'll be back. Yeah. I think we're getting better, just like the cost cap. We'll get there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, and other than that, uh, as we said last time, huge shout out to all the new listeners. The streams keep going up, which is amazing. If you like what you hear, please take a moment and leave us a rating. Uh, leave us a review if you can, and make sure you share this with at least one friend that enjoys Formula One as well. Um, you got anything else, Dylan? No, nah, man, that's it. Race week. I'm excited for Thursday. Race week, baby. All right. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. See you next time.